I'm Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to the Four Prompts on Death podcast, where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, this is the 2019 season retrospective, where I'll kind of talk a little bit about each podcast that we released between March and now, December 22nd, the first full day of the winter season. Uh, yesterday was the winter solstice. And um, just kind of review stuff, and what this wacky season meant and all the changes that have accompanied it. And um, I don't know, hopefully you aren't too bored by me just kind of rambling and talking at you. So let's, uh, you know, first I want to start with my, as I usually do, my uh, reflections on medical education on the education of a physician. These are my weekly reflections from the very first first anatomy lab of medical school to now halfway through my intern year of residency as a psychiatry resident. Um, and things have changed a little bit. So I, things have changed. Uh, so we will see what uh, the next couple weeks will look like. I don't know quite yet. Um, but the past two reflections were sort of reflecting that things are different, going to be different going forward. Um, you, so, you know, just to you know, say what I need to say. Uh, you can find all these reflections on eugenehkim. That's my website. Uh, that's E-U-G-E-N-E-H dot K-I-M. Um, and there you can find all the written stuff there. Um, that is now currently available. So um, there's a lot of change happening. There's still a meeting yet to happen where I really know what how things are shaking out. But um, the long and short of it, if you haven't been, if you haven't been following on the writing, is that my reflections on patient encounters um, have have been inappropriate in that they they give too much information and they they are yeah it's just it's just not something that I can continue doing. Um, we will see in what way I can continue. Um, if I can write at all about patient encounters or you know well there's a lot to see so. Um, the long and short of it, though, is that I will be continuing to write on my end, but whether or not I release a post every week is the big question mark. Um, so you may not hear from me for weeks at a time, and that's because I'm writing about stuff that uh, may be sensitive for patients or sensitive for, uh, you know, my my colleagues. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, when it's pretty... Um, centered around me, my family, or just some random things that are happening, um, then I will, I can post it. But if not, it's not going up there and you'll hopefully know why. So, um, that's the writing part. So there's a lot, of, this has been a wacky season. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. There's been a lot of change, um, especially in the last few weeks. Um, my mom just left to go to New Hampshire. My sister is, her due date is in three days for her child. Um, so we're all crossing our fingers for a very healthy, uh, delivery of that boy. Um, and uh, my mother-in-law just left after living with us for about four months. Um, she's going back to California to wrap up her um, her the end of her marriage and things going forward, starting a new job. So things are just so wacky. Life is really weird. Um, and then with all of this writing stuff on top of it to, you know, be the cherry on top. It's, things are wacky. But, uh, you know, this is residency. I kind of knew residency was going to be wacky. So here we are. Anyway, let's talk about these interviews. Um, so, you know, just kind of eyeballing it, I think there were about 
17 episodes that I released this season, this 2019 season between March and December. Um, and if I could, you know, put a like gross, like, you know, like a, you know, put, put like a big theme over it is parenthood. And I think that's uh, for a number of reasons. Um, one is that I had a child um, during, and, and we, uh, you know, I went underground uh, for the first time for that season break uh, from the winter of uh, last winter. And um, that was very good for me. And it was, um, you know, right before baby came, like right around when baby came around. And then when I came out of the hole, the hobbit hole, uh, I came up with a Mackenzie's re-interview. Um, this was back in April of t April 12th, 2019. Um, it was called Mackenzie Kim on death on death once again. And this is her at 27 versus when we first interviewed her, when I interviewed her at 24, and she was the first interview of the whole podcast. And um, the reason why we re-interviewed is because it was the first, you know, I was checking in with her after we had this child, when he was only a few months old and we were uh, still in our maternity, paternity leaves and figuring out, I mean, we were bouncing this baby, like literally the whole conversation because he was still at that age where he just needed constant physical stimulation and love. Um, and so interviewing her was wonderful because it was there's been a lot of growth both between us and and her and um we transitioned from you know just sing you know like these two people dating not really knowing what to call it to we're married we have a child and we're going forward into residency together it's just really wonderful uh change um and I, what you know i i think it was really wonderful she was very vulnerable during this conversation and she uh you know, it's a good one. And I can't wait. Well, I can. Let's, we'll see when we do a third time around uh, um, to interview her. And then a little bit later, on April 25th, 2019, um, I released the one where she interviewed me. And, you know, the way we did these interviews was a little funny. So we kind of bounced around from left to right. Um, after each prompt, we would, the other one, pick up. Um, so it was really one large session. And then we just, I just cut it, chopped it up um, in, uh, the post-production to separate into two distinct interviews and um you know the same thing for me uh when we did the first interview back i think in 2017 um i was a very you know still still med school second year very academic heavy not really seeing a whole lot in the world of like medicine um and then Boom, I have a boy. I've been in the hospital a lot. I saw a lot of really um, inspiring things and a lot of challenging things. And uh, I think that shows in this interview. I'm less, uh, I think I'm a little bit less cerebral, a little bit more grounded. And part of that might have been the, uh, you know, the baby bouncing around in my lap, um, but also might have been um, just where I was um, in that paternity leave haze, but also in that wonderful little glow of um, where I just am so you know, overwhelmed with the stimuli of, oh, got to take care of this little dude. And so you can find that Eugene Kim on death once again.
Um, and then I transitioned to Chloe Costigan. Chloe, she's a uh, she's the partner spouse of um, another guest, John Jackaloni. And that interview, his John's interview was released in the 2018 season at, uh, in June 23rd, and Chloe's was released in uh, May 9th. And it was really great because it's sort of see, so in their relationship, much like Mackenzie and I, there's a very much a, a yin and yang to the two of them. And her conversation was so interesting because we were able to discuss the early death of her father um, due to very, you know, it was a very abrupt death and just how that has left his mark, that has left a mark on her throughout the rest of her life and um, for very understandable reasons. Um, I forget the exact age uh, that she was at, but it was, it was, you know, under 10, very, very impressionable, very, you know, anytime you become, anytime a parent dies, it's going to be tough, but I think the earlier is just, it's so different. Um, and she's also a physical therapist, so we were able to get into some really interesting discussions about what would she want for herself in terms of ability, disability, what is she willing to accept for herself. Um, and I really was able to drill down with her because she, you know, as a physical therapist, she knows what's, uh, you know, left-sided hemiparesis or, um, expressive aphasia means. Um, and so that was very fun to really drill down into the weeds with her, um, I really like this conversation, and I think it's, you know, Chloe and John are both together. Um, you know, there's the whole thing about you can either make, you know, you know, there are two, like, broad ways to get your, like, creative life force out, and it's, you know, the most obvious one is you create a life, a baby, um, and then there's this other creative life force where you make, create this work that lasts beyond you. And I think John and Chloe, at this time at least, are focusing so much, so wonderfully on the work that they want to do. Chloe with her, um, with her PT and, and this, um, uh, I forget what is the exact term, but it was like this, like, PT-focused yoga, um, regimen and uh john with the gym and the mobility dock and the lehigh valley barbell club it's all very good and so it's like that's you know that's part of this whole like parenthood is always circling around this this uh convers the, these interviews at least this season and then in 2019 may uh may 23rd i interviewed adam Razi. he's a very good friend of mine and what was interview in so interesting about this interview was that um, not necessarily the interview itself. It was a great interview. We, we cover a lot of really interesting philosophical ground, but what happened right after the interview, which is the death, the un very unexpected death of his father, um, I think like 10 days after we recorded this interview. And I've been very close with Adam and, you know, tracking his progress and grieving and this, all of this stuff. And, um, I'm really looking forward to sitting down with Adam once again to kind of talk about the, the distance traveled from that very first interview to now. Cause, um, he has, I know he has learned a lot about himself and what he, what is important for him and how that's changed his relationship with his mother, who's also older, but, um, you know, we don't expect her to die anytime soon, but you never know. Um, especially when you have older parents, um, and so, yeah, I think I'm really uh, one thing to look forward to for the 2020 season is uh, me sitting down with Adam and, and really breaking that down. I really look forward to it. Um, 
And then let's look a little bit further ahead to Susie Marshausen. Uh, this was ju- released in June 7th, 2019. Um, Susie, uh, I went to high school with her. She was wonderful. Uh, she also has a young son. I believe he's two years old now, uh, maybe going on three. Um, I think he's three now, but he was closer to two when we recorded the interview. And um, part of our discussion was her uh first and I think only thus far ayahuasca ceremony and how that was so heavily influenced by her new parenthood and her relationship with her son and um, what that means for her going forward. Uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with the plant medicine ayahuasca, I think this is a really wonderful interview to listen to um, with Susie Marshhausen. It's great. Um, we cover a lot of interesting ground from like the background of it to what is the actual phenomen- phenomenological, like the actual s- subjective experience of ayahuasca. Um, we go into it. And I know she's writing a book. I don't know how far along she is, but we're... Uh, She's a, she'll be a fun one to check in on because um, she also she and her husband do a lot of online coaching, so they bounce around a lot of the world with this little son, Lucan, who's just beautiful, red-headed boy. Um, and then on June 21st, uh, I interviewed Nico Watts. He's another high school friend of mine. So the, I guess the two themes in this season, 2019, was um, old friends and parenthood. <laughs> Because uh, Nico, I, I, he was a very good um, friend of mine throughout middle school. High, and then uh, we kind of separated during high school. And I've been just keeping track of him. And he's uh, he also has a son. Um, he has another. He's a little girl coming into the world. She's a few months old now. Um, and his... You know, he has a very, very philosophical, uh, cerebral approach to uh, these prompts. And um, I think it shows very clearly. Uh, and I'm very interested to sort of see how the years of life kind of grow on him and, and maybe not change, but alter his, um, that cerebral approach, because you could hear it in some of the ways that he responded to the questions and some of the stories he told about, like, you know, he was with this dude over, um, over like a business dinner thingy. Um, and they found out about Brexit and this guy was just losing his mind at the dinner because he's like, Oh no, all my investments in, in, in England are gone to heck. And, uh, the, he told Nico, like, you know, money doesn't matter. It's time and love and family. And then it was that night that he went over to his spouse and was like, let's make a baby. Uh, so I think that there's just, you know, as time marches on and as he becomes more and more, uh, close, you know, as he understands that parent mantle, um, you know, as we all kind of do from as time progresses, I think that'll be very interesting because one thing that I talked a lot about with him was sort of trying to figure out how do you balance being new in your career versus being present for your children. Um, and that's something that's always on my mind, um, as somebody in medicine. And just so you know, we're like halfway through me talking and rambling about these interviews. So I hope that you don't mind that I just keep chugging on. So on July 6th, uh, 2019, I interviewed Diana Pereira. Uh, Diana is, um, she's a co-creator of Coru Real Wellness in Doylestown, Pencil- Doylestown Pennsylvania. That's a really lovely um they, they, you know, I, I went there because they had a sauna and they had an ice bath and they were, it was, it was great fun to, to meet them. Um, but the, you know, I could tell that they are doing fitness and wellness and holisticness in a way that I think is really aligns with what I want, but it's, uh, you know, unfortunately they're a little bit 
they're like an hour away from my house, so I can't go there very often. But um, I, I, you know, spoiler alert for 2020, um, I interviewed the other half of uh, Coral Real, Real Wellness. Um, so Diana and Colin uh, co-created this, you know, wonderful space together, and uh, I just interviewed Colin. So that's something to look forward to is sort of hear the uh, the yin to the yang of Diana. Um, and Diana is just a wonderful person. She has this wonderful accent, this Uruguayan um, lilt to her voice. And she's a mother of some young children. Um, and how, you know, her, I never knew, you know, I, you know, it's hard to know everything about anybody. Um, but for her, it was, I was, it was such a wonderful surprise to hear about her time as a living statue in Australia. And this weird thing about the uh, didgeridoo that she learned and why she doesn't, why she respects it so much she doesn't ever try to learn how to play it. And also um, how her time in the wilderness is something of the Uruguayan wilderness with her grandfather was something that really inspired her um, and and shows how and, you know, changes the way that she tries to parent um, her children. And then um, in July 19th, 2019, I published uh, uh, Nate Baker on death. And Nate is a hysterical. He's a... uh, he, I went to medical school with him. He was, uh, you know, I, I was very, we were, we were in a lot of the groups together, um, for classes and stuff. And he's just this funny, very no nonsense, very, uh, logical individual. He's going into emergency medicine and, um, I interviewed him as we were wrapping up medical school, um, and about to head off to residency. And I had always known that I wanted to interview him because I knew that as a Purple Heart recipient um, in Afghanistan, he uh, he was wounded as an infantryman and nearly lost his life. And I also know that it was such a wacky, you know, he has such an interesting story about how he recovered from that injury and what that, that uh, process of being bounced around from hospital to hospital was like. And, you know, that whole story about his experience getting injured uh, was just so fascinating and funny and told in the most Nate Baker way. Um, and so you should, you know, if, if you want to hear somebody like that, it's, it's very funny. And he also, uh, we discuss his interest in uh, Christianity and um, how he's writing a book on that, on how Christians are failing Christ. Um, and if you want to reach out to him, you can, there, there are ways. I think I reference it in the interview. Okay, we have six more. That's it, I promise. Um, And so on August 8th, 2019, I interviewed Pamela Weibel. uh, And this was sort of my first uh, most-ish famous person that I've interviewed thus far. She's a family medicine physician um, and expert on physician suicide. I caught up with her at a conference, and we just sort of went you know, went with the flow and was decided this is the time to do the interview rather than trying to schedule something over the, over, over the internet and whatever. Uh, we're just like, let's just do it now while we're in person. And it was a really wonderful conversation. We dig into the weeds of like, why is she, uh, so uniquely handled to have a 24 hour, uh, physician and medical student suicide hotline, um, you know, she, she went into the story about how she, she and her cousin would, spend hours and hours just dialing random people on the phone and seeing how long she they can hold them you know and become friends with them over the phone just this random person who just accidentally called them and um we talk about some of the things that contribute to physician suicide and why she's so hopeful and what she is doing herself to uh, stem this terrible tide of like a few physicians every day killing themselves um 
and this was has been was an inspiring interaction for me because it has really clarified how and who I want to treat with my psychiatric practice going forward. Um, and it's she's she's just so interesting. You you got to hear you got to listen to her conversation. And she's so uh, she's a very unique person, and um, and she's I think only getting started in her work. Then on uh, August seventeenth. Uh, 2019, I interviewed Scott H. again. Uh, Scott H. is a uh, medical school friend of mine. He was for a lot for a few years there, um, the production side of the interview, uh, where he would do a lot of the editing and mixing for me, um, and he did such a great job. And he also taught me everything I know about how to do the production side. So uh, all the all the good things you hear in terms of like the the audio quality, you can attribute to Scott, and all the bad things you can attribute to my lack of uh, carrying out what he taught me. <laughs> and he we interviewed um, because he had such a wild ride towards towards the tail end of medical school um he had a military scholarship and that was in such danger because of his difficulty with some of the board exams and we talk about him and all of the wild ride of that you know while away from all of his friends and family and with barely dial-up internet and receiving this terrible news about that he needs to Take, retake an exam that he spent so long studying for and pushing everything back for. Oh, it's just this long ordeal and trial and tribulation, if, to say the least. Um, but he made it. Spoiler alert. He's going into medicine and he's doing the thing. And it's really lovely to hear, um, you know, his perspective on it. And also, you know, coming off of the Pamela Weibel interview, why for him, uh, with his deep faith in Christianity, why he, he didn't even understand that he was a suicide risk until he somebody mentioned it to him. He did, it was just like had not even registered on his radar that um, that could happen to him, or that he you know on paper that he would be a risk for. I um, mean I think that is a sign of his strength, and also he's a very pragmatic, logical fellow. Um, and so that was Scott H. Great, great guy. And on uh, September nineteenth, twenty nineteen, I published uh, Camille. Cool breath on death, and this is a wonderful interview. She's a uh, I've we've been following each other on social media for a while, and I've kind of got these weird hints of uh, this change in her life. And um, turns out she is a mom, and uh, for her, she was an unexpected mom, as she says. Um, she uh, this she had what we call a cryptic pregnancy, and that is where. You do not know that you're pregnant until you are either in labor or you give birth. And um, for her, talking about her wild life before Arthur and, um, you know, her interest in comedy and her relationship with Arthur's father and also the, the whole progress of the pregnancy where she didn't know she was pregnant, she thought she was suffering from diabetes she was gaining all this weight she thought she was dying because she couldn't climb these stairs without being totally out of breath and needing to sit down which is a very um you know from my experience with pregnant women a relatively common phenomenon where you just you feel like your your body's failing you especially as you get towards the tail end of the pregnancy um but then the experience of her having the baby um and the support that came to surround her once it was just like, oh, you have a child. Let's we gotta take care of you, and we it was it's really lovely to hear. Um, and then we also go into the death, the early death and unexpected death of her uh, brother, and how that has shaped her relationship with her siblings, and how this little nugget of joy, this Arthur boy, 
um, has really bridged a lot of gaps and filled in a lot of wounds for the family to really bring everyone together, um, which is something that I found in, in with June is that he's just the glue that brings us all together. Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is a hysterical conversation, but it's also a tearjerker with Camille Colbreth. It's a great one. Um, again, that was released on September 14th. Um, three more that we're on, the, we're in the home stretch. How long have we been going for? 24 minutes. My goodness. Okay. So on, um, October 12th, I published, um, October 12th, 2019, I published Michael Douglas on death. And this was oh, such a great conversation. He's a, um, I see him as a mentor, especially in this, in the primitive skills world, and just creating a community that he loves. And, um, I met him before medical school, so that makes it almost four and a half years now uh, since I actually have last seen him in person, um, but he's left an impact on me, and um, there are practices that I have to this day that I can attribute directly to Michael. Um, but also, this was such an interesting interview because there were um, there were historical charges about a decade ago that have been dropped against Michael that have caused a lot of controversy and harm and hurt in his family. Um, he was uh, he was charged with uh, possession of child pornography um, as a teacher and was uh, subsequently fired and uh, that was about in 2009 um, and I did not know about these charges during the interview I only knew of Michael as this wonderful primitive skills teacher and he still is a wonderful primitive skills teacher but um, then this this question about what do I do with this information about these old charges that were dropped against him um, what do I do with that um, and so I included in the show notes but um, I also know that it caused a significant amount of distress and you know for him today uh, because of the way that it, people heard about it and the way his children's friends um, found out about it is this whole thing. And um, I still don't really know. I'm, I'm going to interview Michael again. Um, and it's this interesting line that, you know, it's like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not trying to get the truth, but I am trying to um, just understand people. And I think that, um, it's important to understand that people make mistakes and they do things and um, things happen and we are not proud of every chapter in our lives, but it's also, am I giving a platform for somebody to vindicate themselves um, when they, when I do not know for sure what, if they should be vindicated. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to hold on to that re-interview with Michael for a little while because I know that there's a lot of, um, blowback on his side. So I think we both need to let things cool off a little bit before we go dive in. Um, and I know from his side, he's going, it's going to take a year or two before he really, um, goes into the background of the teaching, uh, for his primitive skills school. So maybe we'll wait until then when the blowback would not affect him financially or his family. Um, but you know, all of that to say is this really was a wonderful conversation. We talk about, um, community, we talk about, um, a wonderful model for how, how you can view mature, like the maturation of an individual from the North to the South, the East to the West and all of that. It's, if you listen to it, it's great. I mean, that's, that was released on October 12th with Michael Douglas. Then on, on November 7th, um, I interviewed Michael Vasquez. He is a very good friend of mine. I met him, um, 
before, like in the second year, I want to say, of medical school. Um, and we've remained close friends. I met him down in Florida. And then when I came up to Pennsylvania, I realized, oh, I live like 30 minutes away from you. Um, and I float at his place. Um, I use flotation therapy and he has a sauna and it's a wonderful, wonderful space. And um, he's a very good friend of mine. I consider him a very good friend. And he's also a lifestyle coach. He um, he is just so interesting. He does things that... Um, you know, he, he's, uh, eats, he, he grows these sprouts. He has these, uh, um, he's going into this lifestyle coaching. He's, he, he's pushing himself in a way that I recognize a lot in myself. Um, but it, he does so in different ways and in ways that I respect greatly. Um, but I also know that he was a, you know, in other ways, he was, a he is a brown belt in jujitsu. He uh, was a combat veteran for the United States Marine Corps. Um, but then during this conversation, I discovered that, uh, his, his, older brother by a few years when he was, I think, 18, 17, committed or completed suicide. Um, and that put into perspective a lot about Michael and who he is. And it was like, oh, that explains a lot. Like there's a brother shaped hole in his heart. Um, and, and then I learned a little bit about his relationship with his spouse, Nikki, who, who was also a very good friend of mine. Um, and how he was, and he was very open about how, for the first ten years of their relationship together, he was not uh, faithful with her, and how that has shaped their relationship dramatically, and how they're in a very different space now than they were those ten years, and um, how that distance traveled means a lot to them. And oh man, this yeah, this was a great conversation. He's he's such an interesting fellow, and. Um, I think this was a really fun, fun listen for you. And we talk a lot about um, ayahuasca um, and how that was a major catalyst for him in, in from this, you know, uh, this guy who was, you know, was, was not uh, faithful with his spouse, who was just, you know, slamming his head against tables and breaking bottles and stuff like that and wanting to go die across the world with the Marine Corps and mad that he came back um, into someone who is now, you know, uh, just this warm, loving human um, who and I can't wait to see what he does with the rest of his life. Um, and this, you know, he, and me interviewing him when I did um, this year versus interviewing him when I first met him in 2016. 17, um, would be wildly different conversations. Um, and I think he's on this path that I, I, I am interested to see where he ends up. And I, I believe he feels likewise. And then, um, the last interview of this season that I published, uh, was, uh, Caitlin Gray, uh, and this was uh, on December 6th, 2019. And she is, a, she was, I went to high school with her. She was not my year. I believe she was the year above me, um, graduated a year above me. And um, she popped on my radar, much like Camille did um, on Mother's Day. And she had a long, wonderful post. i sorry, I just heard my baby crying a little bit. So I'm going to try to wrap this up quickly. Um she had a wonderful post about how she had, um, this was her first mother's day as a mother without a child and how her child, um, died in, in the womb and what that means for her going forward. And it's such an, a wonderful, interesting conversation. She has an interesting history with spirituality from Catholicism to mediumship and shamanic meditative practices. And um, she also discovered that she has a new half-brother 
Um, and that's the whole thing. And she's learning so much about herself. Um, and I, I caught her during this interview at a time where I think she was for reforming and relearning who she was, but still not quite there yet. And, um, I'm going to interview her again. Don't you worry. Um, but I think that there are some things that need to, there's some time that needs to happen and some milestones that need to be hit before she, uh, is there really quite there yet. Um, but I really love this conversation for the discussion of, um, her, you know, her, the emotional weight of her discussing, um, the decision to terminate her pregnancy, um, because her child had Dandy Walker syndrome, a fatal, um, cerebellar malformation and, um, just the legal, medical, spiritual intersections going on there, like how, how she had to go to a different state to do this, um, even though it was just a few weeks after that magical line in the sand. Um, ah, it was such a good conversation. And so this, you know, like I said, uh, for 2019, the season of this interview has been um, parenthood, and it has been catching up with old friends. Um, and so I'm really interested to see what does the, uh, 20, um, what does 2020 hold for us? Not sure yet. Um, I did the first interview I've held in about a, almost six months now, uh, with Colin Kurtz. Uh, and you know, I've lined up some other interviews and we're going to see where this goes. Um, I'm going to continue this project and that's for sure. But I'm also going to expand myself in different ways. I'm going to try to re-interview some folks um, that I know that have had wild and wacky experiences. And um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out if I can interview a patient who is in the hospital. And uh, uh, just, you know, you'll see. You'll see if it happens. Anyway, there's a baby crying. I need to go see him. So I hope that you um, got something out of this, you know, long, windy post and uh, um, that you heard an interview or two that you might have skipped over, uh, but you now want to listen to. So uh, thank you so much. Goodbye.